Zimmer Communications. You know business. We grow business. ZimmerCommunications.com. News, analysis, opinion. They bitched and moaned for God knows how long. You don't have to agree with everything he does, but at least give him the benefit of the doubt. We need to clean the place out. 93.3 and AM 560. That is a fact. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show with former Speaker of the House Elijah Har on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. God Welcome back to KWTO. It's an election day locally here in Springfield. But in Ohio, they've got a big battle that culminates today. It's a battle Missouri likely goes through next year. A battle to protect their Constitution, to make it a little bit harder to amend the Constitution. Joining us now from the state of Ohio, Mahek Cook. Mahek, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really good to speak with you. Mahek, tell us, give us a little background, because we've been sort of dancing around this issue in Missouri. We actually thought the legislature was going to vote this year to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot. It died in the Senate. We think they're going to go back to it next year. Talk to us about the journey that Ohio's been through on this issue. Well, we're up against a really tough battle, and today is Election Day. Issue one proponents are really pushing in Ohio to protect our Constitution, our fundamental rights that are being attacked by liberal interest groups. Right now, to amend the Constitution, it's 50% plus one. However, we as Ohioans have been pushing for a 60% change. That means 60% more Ohioans will be involved if indeed we have a constitutional change to our um, to our process today. I think it's extremely important. A lot of people ask why now our Constitution has been around for over 100 years. And my response is why not? Right now is when we're being attacked and our fundamentals, our moral compass, our families, our children, our gun rights are being attacked. It's happening in Ohio in November, right after our election today, we have to turn around and fight the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. We're spending millions of dollars in our state for the most extreme anti-parent on-demand abortion, transgender surgery amendment I have seen across America. So we need to ensure that 60% of voters have a say, and it's not just a simple majority and the ACLU and liberal groups attacking, because that's what's happening. And they're targeting other states as well. We're continuing to see Florida, Illinois, and so many other states across the country that are battling what we are battling here in Ohio. You know, it's funny you mentioned Florida because they they upped their percentage maybe 15 or so years ago to 60%. And ironically, back in, in 2015, when I was in the legislature, I filed bills to, to increase our constitutional requirement to 60%. We have the same 50% plus one that you do. Nobody seemed to take it seriously for a while. And then over the past few years, we've watched our constitution be amended by 52%, 51%. We even had a 50.1% amendment pass. And so the conversation started to get a lot more serious over the last year or two. How, how long has Ohio been considering doing this change? We've had it on and off the legislative agenda for over a decade right now. We had our last legislative commission come together and advise a change. We have constantly tried to push to protect our rights. And honestly, it has always gone by the wayside because 
we have not faced radicalism and wokeism and extremism to the extent we're facing today. And now's the time to do it. And we've already seen the mayor in Cleveland has already made a statement that if they defeat issue one, they're going after gun rights next. I mean, there is no question that the liberal mob is out to get every single individual right today. And that's what's extremely scary. And this is exactly why we need to get voters thinking and talking about protecting our rights. It's not about Republicans versus Democrats. It's about every single individual that is concerned about the direction of our country today on both sides. What What is it about mayors in Ohio? If you got the mayor of Cleveland giving you bulletin board material and then you know, six months ago, the mayor of Cincinnati gave my Kansas City Chiefs some good bulletin board material in the Super Bowl. I, I think that they think they have a lot more power and control than they really do. And I think we have to speak out against them because in reality, they're only representing a small number of people. And a lot of times it's self-interest. If you really pull people today and ask them what they want, it's not the talking points that the mayor is spewing. Tell us a little bit about the, you know, I, I, watching this battle from afar, the, the financial, it's a financial mismatch. You, y'all are being outspent pretty big. Talk to us about how that, how, how you overcome that flood of liberal money. It's been really tough. And thank you for asking. We have about $14.8 million being spent on the opposition. Out of that, $12.5 million has been from liberal out of state interest groups, New York, DC, California and a $2.5 million donation from a Swiss billionaire that does not belong in our state. Uh, we Our reporting has been around $5 million, maybe a little bit more, given that we've had some additional groups really jump in here. It's been shocking to see the lies being spread. It's been shocking to see the deceit in our state. And we have done our best on the yes side to ensure that every single individual knows what's at stake at this election. But in terms of finances, the opposition has had lots of liberal elite outside groups lying and outspending us. What do you do to combat that? I, you know, people always like to talk about grassroots efforts, but if you're being outspent three to one, what's, what's the, what's the path to, to, to win this battle? It's really important to educate voters and to educate voters as much as you can and to do it daily. And I think everybody should be out there. And we talk about grassroots support, making sure that individuals vote. But this truly starts in the media. I think that we've seen national mainstream media truly mislead the public. I was hoping that Ohio media would be different. There's very few news sources that have actually reached out to ask, what is the other side? Tell me why. We're actually having news sources cut our speeches. Our Secretary of State was speaking about the importance of issue one, and a media outlet cut his speech. So he's caught on tape saying issue one is only about abortion when that is not what he said. So the Ohio media overall has been very disappointing, minus a couple outlets. But People need to get out. People need to make sure their voices are heard. They need to use the platforms. They need to talk to families. They need to ensure that we are continuing to hold the media accountable to hear our voices, to ensure that both sides are being represented. We cannot take anything for granted. 
Give us, give us, you know, it's always anecdotal, but as you watch these, uh, these election results start to pour in, it's, it's unusual to do an, an odd year August election on an issue this big. What's turnout look like right now? It is huge compared to most special elections. I think a lot of individuals have been very surprised by turnout, but that's a lot of it has to do with how much Money has been spent this election. A lot of it has to do with our Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, ensuring that he is traveling to every single county to make it known that we are under attack. And a lot of it has to do with individuals that are outspoken and using their platforms, elected or not. So it is extremely exciting to see today. I, As a Republican, I always vote on Election Day. It's been extremely exciting to see the outpour of support. A lot of times, and I say this about Republicans, we sit on the sideline. We think it's just a special election and it'll take care of itself. But too much is at risk. Too many individual rights gun rights, family, parental rights are at risk, and we just can't take anything for granted. Um, what's what, what, what time do polls close there? What time do you expect results to start coming in? 7.30 p.m., and we'll probably see them trickle in till about 9.30, 10. If we have any issues with polling booths, that's something the Secretary of State will have to look at. No issues have been reported. We should have election results late tonight and really looking forward to the final tally. I think it's really going to speak volumes about what outside money does, what Ohioans want, and uh, hopefully the confusion did not infiltrate too much and do too much damage in our state. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, as sort of in in gearing up for this fight, if there was lessons for Missouri, because we're likely going to do this fight next year, what are the big things that you'd say that we need to be doing now? I think we really need to educate voters. You know, one of the things is compare Missouri to other states. I can tell you Ohio is in the minority of states to even allow for constitutional amendments. There are 32 states that do not permit any constitutional amendments proposed by outside groups, including Democrat-led states like Delaware, New York, Maryland, Minnesota, Vermont, Connecticut. And of those 17 states, they don't allow constitutional amendments by initiative petitions. Nine states, red and blue, have added additional requirements to be adopted. Florida, as you said, has a 60% vote. Colorado has a 55%. New Hampshire, 66%. Arizona, 60%. So I think there needs to be an education about what's at stake. And then look at Ohio. I mean, we have an election in November where we have the ACLU attacking parental rights. I think every single citizen needs to know what's at stake. It's not just about one right abortion versus you're you're for or against abortion. It's about every single right that we hold dear. It's gun rights. And it's happening in Ohio. So we really are the battleground. We really are the test case for what will happen in other states if the liberals succeed. Mahek, uh we'll probably uh we'll we'll be in touch tonight. We'll be watching the results tomorrow as we do every day. We wrap up the interview with two questions. First is our question of the day. Question of the day every day on the show we take a have a different question. Uh, everybody has to answer it, guests and hosts. Uh, question of the day today, what's your single favorite accessory? My single favorite accessory is probably my uh, little backpack that I carry everywhere with my <laughs> with my pen and my notebook so I don't forget things. 
Now, is this one of these? Is this one of these like fancy strap across backpacks that I see everybody wearing now? I can't even think what they're called. This is just uh, a workout, very small, tiny backpack. You wouldn't even know I had it with me, but it is truly it keeps me on track. You know, my day, I think we call that a fanny pack. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. Mine might be a little more fashionable. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Mahek, if anybody wants to follow along with the work that you do, not just in Ohio on on political campaigns, but also the work you do in the name, image, and likeness space, how do they follow you on social media? Uh, Follow at M-E-H-E-K-B-O-O-K-E. That's at Mahek Cook. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and be happy to, and Instagram, and be happy to uh, answer questions and would love any followers that are willing to fight against what's happening in our country today and fight alongside me, fight alongside you. There's a lot of work to be done. Mahek, thanks so much for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye out on the election uh, results tonight. Thank you. That was Mahek Cook from Ohio. You know, when she, she ran for uh, Congress, I believe, probably the greatest, one of the best slogans I ever remember. It was, born in India, made in Ohio. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> I, every, and it's still on her stuff. And every time I read it, I'm like, that's just such a good slogan. But it's going to be really fascinating to watch this play out. Ohio, in a lot of ways, very similar to Missouri. Somewhat more of a purple state but very socially conservative. The the rural areas come in heavily conservative, and then they're balanced out by the urban areas like Pittsburgh and, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm Cincinnati, sorry. Columbus, Columbus. Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland, um, that's the big one, and we both yeah. missed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like going to the littler ones. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how that rural-urban split all shakes out. Um, so, I, you know, it's going to be tough. There, there's, there's certainly being outspent. I'm really curious to see how this all comes out. We'll know. It's fascinating. They, I think we'll know results tonight pretty early, actually. Yeah, I mean, 9 o'clock is fairly early. And as somebody who used to have to cover elections live um, back in Lebanon, I am so thankful when a county or especially a state can come in and say, hey, we're going to be done by 9 o'clock. I mean, that is brilliant i remember staying till 10 10 30 the pizza's cold by then I, I, we're running out of stuff to say until the last county comes in <laughs> and then finally like finally at, at 10 45 the, the results come in i can't so, imagine being in a, one huh. of these west west coast states that allow mail-in balloting and you could return your ballots up to like three days after and so you don't know the results till a week later sometimes two weeks later i i can't imagine that, that that's just hard to imagine It'll be fascinating to watch, though, because I think Missouri can learn a ton, a ton of lessons um, th- tonight when when we watch when we watch these results come in. This will be the biggest battle we've seen on a sixty percent fight across the country all year. And listen, like it or dislike it, it's going to turn into a referendum on abortion, and that's what it's going to be in Missouri. And this is this is honestly what I was hoping to avoid in Missouri back in twenty fifteen is. Let's not make a 60% battle a referendum on anything else other than the Constitution. And, and the problem is, I guess, every year you do it, there's something that they want to put on the put on the ballot, whether it's clean Missouri or Medicaid expansion here in Missouri. Uh, in Ohio, it's going to be abortion. There's always something that people are going to say, well, this is just, this is just a, a precursor to that issue. 
Uh, but it'll be interesting because I think this is the single biggest battle we've seen in the country um, in Ohio. So I'm really curious to see how it all shakes out. Ohio, that's crazy. I mean, I I never think of that. But you're right. I mean, they're always a swing state. They're always pretty purple. They go. I would say back and a forth. Republican can't be elected president unless he wins Ohio. That makes that it's, actually it, yeah. That it's tracks. one of those states that it we should get it. But if we don't, we're basically we're, we're basically housed. It's not quite. It's not like Texas, where it's like, well, of course we're going to get Texas. It, it 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 can go both ways. I remember Ohio being not not weird. I don't want to say that, but I remember them standing out in the Republican primaries, either in twenty. Yeah, I think it was in twenty sixteen. Do you do you remember anything about them voting for someone, or was Kasich John just Kasich from was, there? He was okay. from there, yeah. And so yeah. there, you know, and, and Kasich. Honestly, this is weird. Kasich was like a great. House budget chairman when the Republicans took over Congress. He was fantastic. And then he decided to run as a real liberal when he ran for president, which made no sense because he was a really good congressman. Um, and he ran sort of, uh, an unusual, same way I felt about John Huntsman, who was governor of Utah, decided to run for president as like a, a, a real moderate. And I never understood that. I was like, run on your record. Kasich had an amazing record in the, in, in the U.S. Congress. Huntsman had an amazing record in Utah as governor. And then they just decided, okay, we think there's a lane on the le- left or, or mid side. Never really saw it for them. Didn't make a lot of sense. But we'll watch those results really closely. I, I do got to say, though, it's got to be fascinating to be one on, on, on the cutting edge of this name image likeness stuff. They're signing up clients. They're doing the work. That's got to be so fascinating to do. It is. Well, and right now the NCAA and states in general are scrambling to try to regulate this thing right now, which means at the current time, it's kind of a free for all. Totally. Now, you totally. can you can love that or hate that about college football. Oh. I go back and forth a little bit because I, I everybody I think wants the players to get paid at least a little bit, at least more often than not. But then you hear about like this guy who is going to go to where Florida State or something, and then his two hundred fifty thousand dollar NIL deal fell through. So he's like, "Well, I don't want to go there anymore." Like it changes the whole nature of the game. It does. So there's a there's a defensive end right now um, who is. Just a foregone conclusion, basically the number one recruit, number one prospect right now. I cannot remember his name, and it is very difficult to pronounce, so I'm not even going to try to type it in. But he's down to two states right now, or two universities right now. He's down to OU and Mizzou. And the reported Mizzou NIL deal that he has waiting for him, if he signs at Missouri, is $750,000 a year. A year. Which totals up to like two point whatever million because he's probably only going to play three years, and the NCAA but he's the top crew in the country. Yeah, he's crazy. N- he's number one. And the crazy. thing is, honestly, Mizzou football is really bad. They are. They don't need a cherry on top like this. They don't need a whip. They need to find <laughs> a quarterback to throw the football, and they need to find some defensive backs. I know we're I mean, way off the way off the. What are. do you think of Eli Drinkowitz as a coach? I, th- I think he's fine. I'm not honestly the biggest college football guy. Uh, um, I'll, I'll follow the top stories. But I, it seems like so, every time he's in the news, he's underperforming. I so. like his. I like his his personality. He gets great recruits. He's he does not seem to be an X's and O's guy at this point. But we'll find out this year. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna come back. We're gonna answer our question of the day. Don't forget five oh five Stephanie Bell on the latest abortion lawsuit. How does that matter in the upcoming abortion referendum? And then 520, Bruce the Theologian, he's going to talk about John MacArthur and whether churches should shut down when pandemics happen. You managed to get me talking too much. Yeah, there's a rhythm. Yeah, there's a feeling. Oh.
The news and talk of allegations that the Attorney General of the United States has weaponized the Justice Department. That matters to Springfield. That the DOJ.